Hello, welcome to the Punch Podcast. I'm your host, Max Limmer. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to give you a great first show today. All right, welcome to the Punch. I'm your host, Max Limmer. Today, my guest is my current boxing coach and boxing trainer at Rounders Gym in Santa Ana, Ricky Frausto. How's it going, Ricky? Pretty good. Thanks for having me, Max. Thanks for coming. So I guess we'll just jump right into it. How did you get your start in boxing? How did all that come about? Well, bro, it, it all started. It's a funny story. It all started out. I was a uh, an overweight kid. I was I was ten or nine years old. I was about two hundred fifty pounds. I was just Damn. Pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty much a little butterball. <laughs> and uh, through f- family friends, we were able to get in contact with Hugo. And then one day, my dad said, "Monday, you're starting." I didn't believe his ass. I really didn't. So <laughs> so then Monday comes, I get home from school, he's like, Oh let's go. I'm like, Oh fuck, you're serious? <laughs> so sure enough Damn. Sure enough, I didn't really get a like a formal boxing training. I didn't start off in the gym or anything. Okay. I started training in his backyard. Oh wow. Yeah, so we our quote unquote ring was just a bunch of uh pieces of wood and uh formed in a square. Our right. bags our bags were hanging from a tree. And we trained in dirt. That's like some Rocky type of yeah. Rocky type shit. And then I, I tell people that all the time. They don't really believe it, but that's how I got started in the backyard. And sure enough, at that time there was maybe about six, six or seven boxers that Hugo was training. He gave me the least chance to keep going back, but because my dad was persistent, I stayed on it. Maybe if he wasn't such an asshole with me, I wouldn't have continued. But I'm here thanks to him being an asshole about it. Damn. So for those for those of you who don't know, Hugo is the like main head trainer at uh Rounders Gym where Ricky also works. So so Hugo had some tra- had some boxers already when you went to him. Yeah, he had a few boxers and then slow slowly, slowly they all started leaving. And then I think about the first year that I was there, we went to our first gym. It was um Box Two Thousand. It's down the street from our current gym. I think it's just a street over. So okay. we start off there. And then the gyms just kept closing. We just kept bouncing from gym to gym. And then Hugo opened up Rounders with uh, his partner. So not, now we're there. Wow. So interesting. So when you first started boxing, I know because now when you uh, when you train like the amateurs and then like the other people who just want to go, I know you don't even use headgear because these fights, training against us to you is probably like nothing. But when you first started boxing, were you like, were you natural? Were you like natural? Or were you? I was not. Everything was a was a challenge, especially because I was overweight. I found really, I found the jump rope really challenging, just because I was kind of fat. And then yeah, me too. I, I got made fun of it for the longest time, and then now I'm I'm out here with my jump rope skills. But just it's just persistency. Like with with anything, just practice makes perfect. I'm not perfect by any means, but um, constantly practicing it made me get better at it. Yeah. And still, thirteen years later, I'm not good at the speed bank. I've always hated it, but I got to do it. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I was I I was always trying like the speed bags at rounders, like the Ryan Garcia that like snake. Yeah. That snake thing. I feel like that's. I mean, I gotta respect him a lot more now after like trying it out for myself because that is so hard to just like get any rhythm on. Yeah. I feel like it is definitely. You have to have some some type of rhythm to box or or sure enough hit the speed bag or the that uh, bag that he hits. Yeah. But if you don't, then good luck. Yeah, so at least that's good to know that some things never change. But it's it's like, um, damn, I never, I can't even imagine you like 
not good at boxing. But hey, bro, those those are time and day, you know. But you were ten, right? Yeah, I was about ten. Then maybe after about a, six months, I started picking it up a little little bit quicker. I, I left a lot of my shirts bloody. A lot of my shirts were bloody. Yeah, hurt my hands a lot. Went home with a lot of black eyes, and then after a while, I started getting blood nose and black eyes. I feel like yeah, I feel like it's interesting because I remember like my first like my first bloody nose, my first like bloody lip. I remember like before I actually got it, I was always afraid like, oh, I don't want to get hurt. And, like that's like my main big concern. But then once it happens to you one time, I feel like you kind of realize like, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it'll, and, it'll hurt tonight. But and, and that's the, that's one of the main fears a lot of people have getting hurt, having a bloody nose, getting bloody lip, bleeding from their mouth. It's not the worst thing that happens in a fight. It's yeah. really not the worst thing. The worst thing that can happen is probably a cut. A cut yeah. or a knockout, but knockouts are really rare and it's kind of hard knocking someone out but yeah it really is yeah so if you're scared to get to bleed it's, it's just part of the sport it's like if you're, if you're playing football you're gonna get tackled it's yeah, gonna happen exactly so um you first started boxing you're 10 years old so i'm assuming you didn't like it at first i hated it hated i would it. come up with every excuse in the book not to go <laughs> i said my stomach hurt i said my hand hurt i think it got to a point where i was like Taking the lace out of my gloves so I couldn't go. <laughs> but my fucking dad found another shoelace or some shit. He would find some way to get me to go. <laughs> and then once I noticed myself getting better, losing the weight, I started liking it a little bit more. But yeah. I couldn't show it to my dad because I had to keep that image that I didn't like it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I agree with you. Once, uh, I mean, I had a different story than that. But I, because I can't imagine. When I was 10 years old, I was not a fighter whatsoever. Yeah. But that's pretty interesting. Um, So... Did you have... Was your dad a boxer? My dad wasn't a boxer. He was a black belt in karate and, oh, wow. and a brown belt in judo. So he has some type of combat experience, but uh, it's different styles. But he, he definitely mentored me a little bit, gave me that strong mentality that I have to not yeah. quit or let anything beat me. You really, yeah, I feel like yeah, your mentality is like, honestly, probably just as big as your conditioning in boxing. Because I feel like when I was... When I first started out, at least, yeah, just like getting hurt like i was afraid to like even step into step in front of anybody because my main concern was just not getting hit but tesso that's interesting that your dad took that like black belt like that judo that karate background and yeah, put it into boxing he implemented him he, he implemented that that mentality into me that um i'm only you're only as good as the way you train so yeah if you're slacking your training then you're not gonna perform well and my dad was always on my ass he before we'd go train at Hugo's house. I remember that we trained out at six, six in the afternoon. So before that, we'd go to the park across the street from my house. And we'd run for an hour. So wow. we'd run for an hour, then we head to Hugo's house. So I was getting about two or three hours of exercise at that at that age. Damn, at ten. Yeah, at ten. So you're pretty ripped, ten year old. Ah, <laughs> well, I, I was pretty round, bro. But you know, I had more conditioning than anybody my size considering I was pretty big yeah and even to this day I've kind of slowed down the training but I'm making my comeback it's just that muscle memory bro just learn yeah. the move certain ways throwing certain punches in a certain way so you don't get too tired because people think you get tired from throwing punches and you get tired from missing the punches so that's why yeah. you, you gotta pick your punches carefully instead of throwing fucking 15 punches throw two good ones and land them good you know right so uh, talked about how you didn't like boxing when you first started out but uh, were you like a boxing fan? Did you like to watch it? My dad would get a lot of the fights, and I would watch them with him, and then I'd see the guys getting bloody, their eyes swollen shut. That was gen- generally a fear of mine. Yeah. But then when I experienced it for myself, I was like, eh, it's not that bad. It's just another yeah. It's not the worst thing that happened. It'll swell up for a little bit, but... It'll go away. You gotta fight eventually. another day. Yeah, you, know? you fight another not, day. Not the worst thing. Who were your, um, 
who are your who are your biggest boxing inspirations as far as boxers like yeah so i always use this example my my two favorite my favorite boxer of all time is fernando vargas fernando vargas he took a fucking beating when he fought felix trinidad but somehow he fought his way back he, t- he got knocked down five times i believe in that fight wow and then he came back to knock him knock him down two times and he made it all the way to the final round where he got stopped in the last minute so if he can take that kind of beating from at that time the best the, f- the best fighter on the planet then what's stopping me you know right he, he had those yeah. seven balls and he had a he had a pretty rough background considering all things considered his dad walked out on him he grew up in a rough part of california if he can do all that, why can't I do that living here in, in Orange County, you know? Exactly. So yeah. that's that inspiration I have. And then another another fight. It's actually a fight, not a fighter. Um, when Diego, Diego Corrales fought Castillo the first time. In the 10th round, Castillo got, uh, Corrales got knocked down two times. And then he got a point deducted. So it would have been a three-point round, Damn. but it was a, a four-point round. It would have been 10-6. He came back from getting knocked down, getting that point taken away. And he actually stopped Castillo in that in that round, wow. right after getting knocked down, he knocked him out. He was out on his feet, and he was the winner. So Damn. that's one of the that that's one of those comeback stories that gives me that that inspiration, you know. Yeah, I feel you. I love like I love boxing for those stories because like that's kind of the same way I got inspired was like honestly I got like trapped down a rabbit hole on YouTube one night and yeah. I came across a Mike Tyson video, and I was born in nineteen ninety eight. Uh-huh. So honestly, yeah, I I only knew Mike Tyson from like The Hangover. Huh. The, the tattoo yeah, yeah, yeah and i knew he bit off someone's ear but that was yeah. about it i didn't really even know but yeah after watching the mike tyson video and learning that like he didn't have anybody he had no family basically but he became that yeah i was just like kind of thinking to myself like well i have a pretty stable situation compared to mike tyson like and he could do all that like what's stopping what's up, me yeah, from, yeah, exactly from trying to do that and everybody, everybody loves a good comeback story whether you, you have that that bad background or not yeah. it's up to you if you want to go for it you know um, I just think fighters or people in general with with that type of background, they're hungrier for it. Yeah, and that's why they they sometimes make it more than the guys with a with like a better background. I agree. But the everybody has equal opportunity and the, the equal chance to get it. No, yeah, I completely agree. Like that's why I love boxing because you don't really have an excuse. There isn't really an excuse, especially because you're boxing. Everybody is going to be like around your size, so it's not like oh he's just taller or heavier or whatever because. So that ruins that excuse. And yeah. then, like, I also just love, yeah, like, it doesn't even matter where you come from. You could be from, like, some alien planet still. Yeah. And you could still have the same chance as someone from, like... Yeah, because all, all it takes is one punch. Yeah. One, one punch literally. and everything. Literally. Um, all right, so... So you started off boxing, you were 10, and you said it took you... You said, like, six months to yeah, get... About, about six months to get to get a good rhythm going, where I started getting the hang of it. So... All right. It took a little bit. So... Eventually, you went on to be uh, to going into the U.S. Amateurs, right? Yeah. So, how? When, what age were you around there? I started my first amateur fight. I had just turned turned thirteen. So this is about your third year. Yeah, but my third year, I, I was already spar- I was already sparring. I was sparring men actually when I was a, a kid, just because there was no one close to my weight. So I was sparring Damn. men or guys that were a lot older than me, like between seventeen and twenty. I was sparring guys older than me. When you were thirteen. Yeah. Damn, all right. And because the guys, and I was always the youngest guy on the team, so yeah. the guys I was sparring were already, like, established fighters, and they, they already had their, quote-unquote, man strength, you know? Yeah, exactly, because when you're 13, you have... Yeah, you really don't. You're just barely starting out. Exactly. So, I'm assuming you obviously knew that you're going to have to fight everyone much yeah. harder than they would have to fight you to win. Yeah. 
So that that came with the extra push. So if when I was fighting, when you're fighting amateurs, you fight somebody within two two years of your age. So okay. if I'm fighting men, these guys can't do shit to me. Fifteen year olds, yeah. Nothing, yeah. I, I had that mentality that that a fifteen year old isn't gonna do shit to me. Exactly. Yeah, I think I got the. Uh, that's interesting. Now I'm thinking about this. I feel like was is rounders based kind of off of your experiences, like the training style? Because I know like every time I faced Mark uh-huh. in sparring. And then I faced just someone who's taking the class. Yeah, it would seem so much easier, and I just had the same thought in my head. So as far as the the rounders program, I try to base it off of my personal experiences. Yeah, whether someone could last in the program or not, it's entirely up to them. A lot of the drills that I run are drills that I, that I did, so I'm not teaching anybody any any bullshit. Yeah, so they're learning actual stuff from me. I don't believe in all that new school stuff. I'll teach you the old school way. So what's I, the new school stuff? Just like running underwater, just like all that new stuff, like oh, that, okay. that Ryan Garcia bag. Yeah, yeah, it takes skill to hit it, but I never did any of that. You oh, know, okay. all, all I did was jump rope, hit the bags, bar, and then the speed bag. Right. Simple shit. Oh, and running. Running, Simple yeah. Simple shit. Like I never lifted weights. Uh, I never did like strength and conditioning. All I did was run, hit the speed bag, bags, and sparring. Just yeah. The four basics to boxing. Yeah, I think the new school ways anyway are kind of like you got to have a lot of time. And a lot, I feel like definitely got to be a little bit more, more flexible with your schedule. Cause yeah. the sport, the sport is evolving. Yeah, there's certain adjustments you have to make, but I think if you keep that simple routine, it's it's enough. Yeah, I agree. Based on going to rounders, I feel like yeah, it's definitely it definitely works. Um, all right, so first amateur fight, how did that go? So that the after after training in that backyard, we went to this gym called Box Two Thousand. Yeah. Right there's where I started training. I started losing weight. I actually fought one of the guys that trained there. Oh. Yeah. So. That was your first amateur my fight. First amateur fight. I was thir- I was thirteen and he was fifteen. Okay. I think I beat him with like by four pounds, but I was the heavy guy, but he was old older. And um, I whooped his ass from post to post to post. I'm not I'm not lying. It's on record. I have it recorded. Damn. And then somehow he fucking got the decision. Oh somehow, my god. Somehow he got the, the decision. And even then, he had, I think he had like four or five fights at the time. Right. And, and it was. Yeah. And, and then after that, I was pursuing the rematch for the longest time. I tried to stay close to that weight so I could fight him. They avoided me at all costs. At all costs, they, they wanted to fight me again because in their hearts, they knew that I won. They yeah. Knew. And that's the way it is in amateurs and even in pros. Like, there's a lot of politics, there's favoritism, and it's really a bad thing to say, but there's favoritism in boxing. Oh, uh, yeah. I completely agree. Like, I've, I feel like even today, I feel like. Once every handful of fights, even there's just like a decision that no one can believe. Yeah, like um. Like let's let's say the Olympics, sorry, the 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 next year they already yeah. had the team picked out last year. They did. Huh? Yeah, they they had they had the team picked out last year. They they carved a certain way for these athletes to get to that spot. So not not always, there's a t- most talented boxer go to the Olympics. Oh. It's usually the favorite. Interesting. I actually didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, they, they have it a year in two years in advance. Yeah, two years in advance. They they already have like. The ones they they want to go, so they'll carve out a way for them to make it. Right. Like the whole Carlos Baldera situa- situation, two thousand sixteen. The he was on the one thirty two pound bracket. Yeah. So, they had the trials for the one thirty two pound bracket. They had the winner, but they they hadn't qualified through a different process. The World Boxing Super Series. It's semi pro, so he qualified through that, only because the guys that had qualified through that had already qualified through the trials. So, okay. so it was in a weird way he made the team without having to fight for a spot. Interesting, huh? Yeah. So you think do you think that's because they might want like they want to know who they have and then like the extra two years is for just training? 
Not that. I think it's just more of a marketability thing because at the end, uh, it's, okay. it's all a business. Yeah. It's not really a sports business because I think for I think for the for the Olympics, they want to have the best quote-unquote looking team. Like, they want to attract people to get get eyes on the screen, to get right. their support, stuff like that, you know? Interesting. I kind of changed my view on Olympic boxing now, but... Yeah. I always... Yeah, I've always heard... I've always heard that amateurs, like... There's a lot of favoritism. It's a lot about, like, reputation. Um... I guess I guess it carries over the pro though too, but that's a shame that you lost. Yeah, but eh, in a bullshit way. It was all learning experience. Yeah. He he knew who won, but it just sucks now got the rematch. Yeah, I feel yeah, but even even if you win a fight, I feel like I never been in an amateur fight, but I feel like even if that happened to me where I knew I lost, but somehow I got a split decision victory, it doesn't even feel like that good. Yeah, this I, I hope for a fact he knows that. If you celebrated that, that shit wasn't real. Yeah. I just hope it knows It's that. tough to celebrate when you yeah. know in your heart that you didn't actually win. Yeah. All right, so that was your first fight. How else was the rest of your amateur career? I'm assuming pretty good. It was pretty good. Throughout, the, throughout my amateur career, I only lost about 10 fights, and I did 70, close close 70. Wow. It sounds like a lot, but I fought guys like two or 300 fights. Throughout the amateurs... Probably the, the best experience I ever had was when I was part of a USA team and I, I went to Tahiti to fight their team. That was Tahiti. Yeah, I went to Tahiti wow. to fight the their amateur boxing team. That's awesome. And I had just turned fifteen when that happened. I think I turned fifteen the week before. Damn. So, so my first time traveling without my parents, I remember <laughs> my, my mom was crying hysterically at the airport. I was like, Yo, I'm coming back, chill out. <laughs> but that was definitely a good experience. Yeah. I got a, a gold medal over there, so that Oops. was pretty cool. That, that was pretty cool. Damn. And just seeing seeing the the sides, seeing the water, seeing all that stuff. Yeah. It was pretty cool. That must have been awesome. Yeah. Like being a freshman in high school and like getting, representing getting, Team USA. Yeah. And then, so that was when I wanted to heat up. That was when I was still kind of starting out. And then throughout my amateur career, I started going to these big tournaments. I started placing in them. I was I reached to get the number five ranking in the U.S. Oh, wow. And I won 65. Damn. And, so that was right there with yeah. uh, like, who would that be? That would be like Canelo, right? Yeah, that, that was like the same weight class. Okay. And at that time, Alex Rincon was number one. I still remember that. <laughs> so when an amateur, I beat number two, three, four, and I was number five. The only guy I lost to was number one. Oh, wow. Who yeah, was that? Him, Alex Rincon. He's Alex from Rincon. Texas. Right now, he's kind of golden boy. But oh, boy. Yeah. He's a, like 6'3 southpaw. I mean, golden kind of sucks to be signed to golden boy right yeah, about now. Yeah, it, it definitely does, bro. Especially with all these... Um, Claims coming out from his fighters. Yeah, you definitely don't, don't want to be signed to Golden Boy. And even before that stuff came out, there was like all these rumors that Golden Boy just spent time padding up records and then. Oh uh, yeah, well. And, and then, but he's that. I understand having to pad up your record a little bit, get some experience, get get the confidence yeah. going. Yeah. But there has come to a point where you have to realize, okay, it's time to step up, step up, step up. Right. And then when when he had his fighter step up, they couldn't really perform to that expectation. Yeah, I feel like Golden Boy doesn't. Uh... That's not the best reputation, but they do have Canelo. Yeah, so. they have Canelo, and they have Ryan Garcia, who they're trying to turn into the next Canelo, but... I don't know about that. I don't think Ryan Garcia has the the fighting ability to, to be yeah. the next Canelo. I don't know if he has just, like... Well, actually, I don't know, if it's like, even if I could say this, but I don't know if he's got, like, that just dog. Nah, that he, just, like, he, fighter. He has so many things going on outside of boxing to yeah. be focused on solely boxing. He's dancing, he's doing all these TV shows, doing promotions different type of things the social media yeah social media star it's kind of hard to wonder where his real focus is sometimes yeah and if you're not focused in a fight that's when you get fucked up 
That's true. I mean, though, it is like you think about that, but then you also think about he is really fucking fast hands. So yeah, he is. He's had to train pretty. I think he's probably had to train pretty hard. Yeah, and I remember that because I remember, I remember him, and funny story, bro. One time he went to Rounders to go spar. He oh, sparred. No yeah, he sparred. This other profile that Hugo used to have, and then I sparred his homie. So I know Ryan. So Ryan's got to be like sixteen when this happened. Nah, I think he was pro. He had his. This is before he signed with Golden Boy. He had four fights, okay. and he already thought he was the shit. He already had that damn that he, cockiness. He was, already, he, he wasn't anybody. He was fighting in Mexico, <laughs> and I remember. I remember we we don't know each other personally, but we're like we've seen each other. So like we said, we would say what's up with each other. Yeah, and. He came as far rounders. I, I want to say what's up to him. He didn't, he didn't shake my hand. Didn't even shake your hands. Damn. So I kind of had that stigma towards him. Yeah. I kind of like him, but hey, if he remembers or not, fuck, that's on him, you know? I, I remember. <laughs> I remember people, you know? I mean, it'd I'm be good tough. With faces. Yeah, it'd be tough to like somebody after just straight up ignoring you. Yeah. But never know. I don't know with Ryan Garcia either, but we'll see what happens in the future. We'll see. Um, so you saw Ryan Garcia at the amateurs. I know you also saw uh, Shakur Stevenson there too. Yeah, I'm guessing there was a lot of big names from those smaller weight classes when you were there. Yeah, and even, even a lot of the prospects that are coming up, there were in a lot of those tournaments I, I was in. I actually fought um, Charles Conway, the, the the guy who unfortunately left, left left Patrick Day in a coma. I fought him. Oh, the you fought him. Yeah, I fought him in the amateurs before. Damn. I, he beat me. I'll, I'll give him that. He beat me. <laughs> Like I said, I fought Alex Franconi, signed the Golden Boy. Yeah. And there were a lot of, lot, lot of big names, let's see. I remember Javante Davis, before he went pro, he was he was in a lot of the tournaments. Who else? I'm excited to see Javante Davis. He looks like... He looks like if, if like, all the hype is true, then he's got to be incredible. Hey, man, I'm rooting for him. I'm, I became a fan of his, his... I believe he has a daughter. Yeah. He was born the same day my son was, so oh, wow. it kind of made me become a fan of his. <laughs> I'm, I'm rooting for him. I hope he gets his career back on track. I wouldn't wish any bad on anybody, but there's just certain people I don't like. Yeah, I feel you. It's kind of like, yeah, like I feel like in boxing, so one of the big things with like fandom is like you can you can hate the personality, you can hate the character, but like kind of like Floyd Mayweather, like yeah. you could hate him as a person because that's pretty easy to do. Yeah. Because he also kind of just brings it on himself. But like, yeah, at the end of the day, I feel like you can't, you got to say Floyd's top three like ever i think he's the best of all time i think so too but i know some people would say like because he's got the undefeated record yeah whether you like a style or not yeah he fucking won his fights and he won he won them convincingly exactly and against the best against the best and then he still came back out of retirement and beat mcgregor the one who everyone thousand <laughs> beat him if you thought he was gonna beat him that's bullshit that's ridiculous yeah totally different sports you saw it yeah I saw, you saw it in the um the fight that happened re- like two years ago on New Year's Eve against the Japanese kickboxer. Yeah, the, the young Japanese guy. He just, he wrecked them. Yeah. It's, he, he just played with them and then he knocked them out when he wanted to. He It was just a matter of fact when he wanted to knock them out, not if he could. Yeah, it honestly seemed like after, immediately after that fight was over, I thought it was staged. But then I also kind of thought, I bet Floyd is actually that good at boxing. Yeah, and then... If you're that good, that natural talent doesn't go away, no matter how long you're off. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure he still stays in the gym, works out. No one wants oh, to get fat. No, yeah. no one wants to get fat after retirement. So I'm pretty sure he stays active. He may not spar, but just keeping that rhythm, that that talent will never go away. Yeah, and like I bet, yeah, he's like forty one, some forty two or like something. 42. He's not like that that old yet. Yeah. But um, all right. So last question about the amateurs. Looking back on it, 
what was the one thing like looking back on it you think that if you changed you could have like won a national title because you came in second place i remember yeah right i I, I always placed in the top three or four in the the tournaments if i had changed one thing it probably would have been the discipline the discipline yeah what do you mean by that just like in any sport um women are the devil they'll they'll get in your head (laughs) they'll they'll distract you going out to all the young people listen to this women will fuck your mind up (laughs) if you lay any distraction get in your head you'll lose your focus that was one that was the main thing and then the second thing was probably just the diet the diet yeah yeah. diet because i even to this day i'm pretty notorious for gaining weight between fights who doesn't like to eat yeah i like to eat so probably the diet i should probably be more careful with that and just the outside distractions yeah plus when you're working that hard you're just hungry all the time yeah you're hungry all the time and you just want to eat whatever's close to you bro and sometimes it's not always the best thing yeah i feel you i got that same exact problem not even just boxing just like Food, food's too good yeah just a, any athlete can relate I mean after working out you want to eat the close thing too sometimes if you don't want to make the food you just stop by McDonald's get fucking yeah I feel you that's food alright so after this amateur career you went pro so what was the decision how did that thinking process go you're like after your amateur fighting career is over you're just like what so, made you want to go pro so I had tried out for the 2016 team I went to one of the qualifiers uh, I lost in the quarterfinals and I think that was of June of 2015. That right. was June 2015. And then after that, it was kind of, we kind of went back and forth whether to wait for the next games or to go pro. If I waited for the games, the, the kind of con that I kind of kept away from that was I was going to be 24 by the time they rolled around. Yeah, that would have been this year. Yeah, that would have been this year. So I still would have been an amateur. Yeah. And like, like any sport, it's a young man's game. Right. And 24 is pretty old. Because you reach your prime like in your mid twenties, so I don't want to waste my mid twenties being an amateur still. Yeah. Especially at that time, they passed that no headgear rule, right. so it's pretty much fighting pro for free, and I wasn't down for that. Yeah. So after maybe about two or three weeks of discussing it, me and my coach Hugo decided to go pro. So we took we took like maybe a month of just relaxing, training lightly, just running, keeping the conditioning up, and. Sure enough, I got the call to help out some pro fighters to spar. And then when I saw the results, when I was sparring them, that's when we decided to go pro because I was looking good. At that point in my career, my style was converted into a pro style. Okay. And the amateurs, it's high volume punches, trying to land as many punches as you can, but the yeah. pros, more sitting on your punches, more technique. So at that point, I decided to go pro. Amateur fighting is basically like it's just most punch- punches landed yeah. wins. A point system, yeah. It's just most, most, most land punches. It doesn't matter if you hurt him, knock him down. Knock him down is just a punch. So he cuts back up, you land another punch. That's it. What about if you like block him? Uh, I think the scoring the scoring areas were the for the forehead and the side of the head. Okay. Yeah, because I think on the amateur gloves there's like a white strip. If you connect oh, that part, it's the point. Got you. And then they just score body shots, so that's kind of a, yeah. a big downplay. It's good to know if you're watching the Olympics this summer and you want to watch the boxing. That's how it works. Yeah, only headshots are scored. Actually, no. I, th- I think they changed the system for the for the Olympics now. Oh, okay. Right after I decided to go pro, they went on to the pro, the pro style system where they score the rounds. So. Oh, okay. That's good. Back when I was amateur, there was, there was a Bush system. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess it could be better, but I could feel like they're going to find out some way to make it. Yeah, they'll, they'll find a way to cheat some people, and yeah. it's unfortunate that people's genes in the Olympics are cut short right. just because of a, a Bush scoring system. The fucking Olympics, like, that's where you think it'd be the like most safe. Like, yeah, that's where you think it'd be the most safe. They have all these ways they try to keep the athlete safe but no one can protect you from the judges you train yeah. to fight the fighters but you can't fight a judge yeah exactly especially one that's bought right so 
after you go pro, you got your you in your first fight, and you won. How how did that feel? You know, man, that, that was probably one of the greatest feelings I've ever. Uh, it's indescribable just for the fact that I fought close to home. I live in Santa Ana, so I fought at the fairgrounds, uh, okay. Costa Mesa, literally five minutes from my house. I had the, I had all my family there, the whole gym. Just when I when I that walk to the to the ring. I could hear the roar in the audience, and it was it was a feeling that I know probably won't be relive, relived. Yeah. Even if I if I fight in a big stadium, it won't be the same just because it was my first fight. And it was in pretty much my backyard, and it was an, it was an incredible feeling. Especially, I knocked the guy down the first round. I tried wow. to knock him out, didn't happen. But yeah, it was it was a pretty good experience, and I actually got I actually got fight of the night that night. So. Oh no way! Yeah. Damn. So that that that's gotta be that's awesome. A, yeah, it was. And. Uh, just, just when I, when I won the fight, I got out of the ring. Just the crowd of people that came swarmed me, congratulated me. It was a, a really good feeling and definitely one that, can't be relived. Yeah. So once in a lifetime. Thing. That sounds like, basically everything that every boxer would dream of. Yeah. <laughs> everybody wants to be, fighting at home, have their family, everybody watching them. But when you get doing your first fight, bro, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. Was your was your like was your mindset different from the amateurs or was it still like the same kind of like for the work for like the work leading up to it and all that? The mindset was well, not the mindset. The the work was a little bit different because I was trying to focus a little bit more on head movement. Yeah. Especially because that no headgear. Right. The, yeah. You, you feel the punches more and the gloves are a little bit smaller. They were ten ounces, and we were focusing a lot more on head movement, on moving a little bit more, just trying to protect ourselves. Right. Because I'm not known for having the best defense. I wear yeah. my my defense on my chin you know so yeah i gotta work on that too yeah so uh, <laughs> that hey the, the the best defense is a good offense right yep. that so. too yeah don't let them hit you yeah all right so after your first win you win your second and your third fight yes. how are you feeling right now you're three and oh that means you're like pretty at least you're at least on the surface a legit boxer three and oh at, at uh, all these opportunities start opening up and you know it felt good. I was riding on on a on a good one, on a good note, and then back to that same uh, indiscipline I was talking about, bro. That's kind of what made everything go go to shit. And if anybody's listening, bro, stay focused. Whatever you're doing, you know, because any everyone picks a poison. My poison, unfortunately, was was drinking beer, and that, that's kind of what, what led to me having to retire for two years. But now, slowly but surely, I'm coming back, and the goal is a March or April. March or April, huh? Of next year, yeah. Oh, good to know. So six, uh, whether three or four months, we'll we'll be there. I'll be there. All right. So three and out. So were the first, were the second or third fights? Just wondering, like any harder than the first. The so the first fight. The the one thing you really want to avoid when you're when you're starting out as a pro, you want to avoid fighting southpaws. Yeah. Because just it's tricky. Whether they're they're good or not, it's just something different. Something not a lot of people practice all the time. Yeah. First guy falls the southpaw. <laughs> I beat. I won all four rounds. It was a shutout. So, so that must have boosted your ego like it, it did. a little bit extra too. And then I remember when we went back to the drawing board. We're, again, we're trying to avoid southpaws. Second fight comes around. Another southpaw. Actually. Yeah. Damn. All, all three guys <laughs> I fought were southpaws. So three and zero, and all three of them were southpaws. Yeah, and then that second guy. There was a little bit more motivation to fuck this dude up because I remember we were trying to find tape on his on his past fight because he had one fight before yeah. fighting me he was a registered sex offender oh yeah and fuck. Then we found his arrest record online so there was a little bit more motivation to fuck him up yeah so that fight came around and then I actually I actually stopped him 
Oh, wow. Damn. I, I had him out on his feet. He was like, already asleep on his feet. Out on his feet. Yeah. Wow. So you really got him. Yeah. I want to I wanna fucking hurt that dude. More now because I, I have a son. So Yeah. I, I mean, glad, I feel I'm, you. I'm glad I fucked him up. And then and because I knocked him out, I came out good. I didn't get any injuries or anything. I got took another fight. I think it was three weeks later in TJ. Shady business, TJ. Just putting that, <laughs> putting that out there. I, I was going to fight a guy with two fights. I fought a guy with like 20-something fights. At the la- they changed my point the last Jesus minute. Jesus Christ. 20 fights to a guy who's like second fight. Yeah. So, I mean, I got the job done. He was also softball. He had, I could tell he had a lot of experience. He took all my good shots. But, yeah. again, I, it was a, I won all four rounds. That definitely was probably the toughest fight of my, of my career. A pro or amateur, that was the toughest fight. I mean, I bet. That's like basically they put you in against like a seasoned vet. And yeah. And you're like still just getting into pro boxing. And then I remember I got curious. So I, I started – I went to my, my boxer profile. I looked him up. He fought as high as heavyweight. So it was really no surprise that I couldn't put him down because even those heavyweights he was fighting couldn't put yeah. him down. So I take, I, take kind of, I take a lot of pride in, in winning that fight. With yeah. That guy. I think, yeah, just like another sidetrack. I think, like, one of the cool things about boxing is, like, if you do have that skill where you've been boxing your whole life, even if you're, like, 130, you could, f- I don't know if you could, like, fight, fight someone at, like, 180, but you could definitely, like, spar with them and teach oh, them yeah, some you- stuff. If you have the skill, bro, you can definitely hold it on with whoever, whoever yeah. it is, you know? I've I've seen videos where Ryan Garcia was sparring Canelo. He, he didn't look terrible. Like, obviously, Canelo's got, like, 40 or 50 pounds on him. Yeah. But you can see the the skill he has right there. But Yeah, he's just, got... He thinks he's a piece of shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> got to throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, he's got those hands. So, yeah, yeah you can make anybody look, anybody and, look bad. And if you're fast, you got that going for you because, because speed kills. Speed does kill, yeah. yeah. I think kills. that's the thing I learned the most, like, speed and footwork. If, you got those. If you got the four, you control where the fight goes, and if you control where the fight goes, hey, right. you can do anything in the fight. So now that you're three and zero, and then you have your son, which forces you, yeah, out of boxing for a little bit. You know, ha- having a no one plans on being a, a father young, but it's definitely a beautiful feeling. Yeah. And then now at home, I have the extra motivation uh, to work a little bit harder, and everything I'm doing from here on out is for my son. That's awesome. I didn't have I didn't have a horrible childhood. I had a pretty good childhood, but I want to make sure my son has everything he deserves, which is all the best things in the world. And just, I just have the extra motivation to try a lot harder now. And I don't want my son to ever say that his dad quit, that his yeah. dad couldn't do it, that his dad let him down. No, he needs to know that his dad never quit. Just got a little sidetracked for a little bit. <laughs> I feel you. So uh, speaking of your son, is your son going to be boxing? Hey, if he wants to. It's up to him, bro. I'm not a, I'm not a force it upon him because yeah. my dad forced it on me. I mean, I, I made it, but a lot of people who force it on their kids, their kids end up fucking hating them. Right. And I definitely, yeah. don't, I definitely don't want that relationship between me and my son. If he wants to train, cool. If he wants to compete, then there, we that's, we take a different talk. Yeah. <laughs> I tell him he's got to be disciplined. I want these these rule sets set, and he's got to treat like his life or death because he really is yeah one, it really one, is one punch could change everything so it's like a lifestyle change yeah, kind of it is and if he if that's what he chooses then we'll make those adjustments I won't be too hard on him but I will have to say hey at the gym I'm, your, I'm not your dad I'm your coach and then once we leave I'll be your dad again but you have to understand that relationship changes once we leave the house interesting I've always been interested in like that kind of relationship because I know that it seems like most of the really big talked about like highly profile boxers it's like a family it's a family thing yeah and it's usually their dad and even like the best ones like i know i was like reading about roy jones jr and like apparently him and his dad haven't spoken like in 20 years or something but roy jones jr is one of the best boxers ever yeah definitely top five 
Yeah. Well, like 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 uh, back to that father's termination. Mayweather Mayweather trained with his dad. Right. Yeah. And then because of the twenty four seven, we saw the, all the drama documented between them. We saw Mayweather throw his dad out of the gym. Yeah. And then he always kept it within his family, so he was trained by his uncle. So that was kind of cool. He kept it within his family. He never had any outside parties. So definitely having a, having family work with you, it could be good or bad, you know? Because yeah. like that Roy Jones thing, he hasn't spoken to his father in years. And the last thing he wants is end on a bad note. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I understand, though, because with boxing, it's like it's literally life or death. It's like a sport, but it's also like, I guess it's somewhat like football, where it's like you can't just... You can't just fast it. You can't expect anything. Yeah. Yeah. Anything can happen. Like 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 I was saying earlier, one punch can change everything. You could be losing the fight, but you land one good punch. Like with Chavez and uh, uh, was it was it Taylor? He knocked him out. Yeah. The last yeah. six seconds of the fight. Remember they were talking about that this weekend for the uh, Shakur Stevenson's fight. They were saying that uh, Gonzalez would need something like that to happen to win it, but he couldn't pull the trigger though. He couldn't now. I was honestly shocked that Shakur was that good. Like, I was expecting a tough fight. I was expecting him to get roughed up, but he really, like, he's, I think he proved himself. He's probably the best prospect to come out of the, the UFC boxing program in the last, I want to say, maybe, like, 15 years. You think so? Yeah. Damn. Because past, the, the only Olympian to do something besides Shakur Stevenson was... Deontay Wilder yeah. and MJ Ward. They were the last two to get medals. Oh, and Clarissa Shields, but we're talking about men's boxing. Yeah. Deontay Wilder and Andre Ward are the only ones who got medals in the last teams because the 2012 team didn't get any medals. And you Wilder, he get like an asterisk too also because he's just got... He's got those... He's got power. Yeah, he's got that power being, being as lanky as it is. Yeah. So, Shakur Stevenson definitely is the most talented fighter to come out of the USA boxing program in the last decade and a half. My opinion. Well, that's great to hear you say that because I mean, whether you like him or not, you gotta you gotta give the manager respect, you know. No, I, I, I definitely. Also, him being from New Jersey is just love seeing yeah, that yeah, for yeah. me. For sure. Um. All right. So. Do you think so? You definitely plan on coming back for a I do pro career. With, without a doubt. I mean, we're we're, we're working. We're working silently. Not letting a lot of people know, but putting it out right now, you know. Silently. I yeah, like silently. It. Do you um, think? Uh, You'd want to be a trainer in the future, after yeah, experiencing this. Definitely one of the one of the many goals I have after boxing is open my own gym. Whether I do it during my career or after the career, the goal is to open a open up a gym. So, I would train people whether they're pro or amateur or they just want to work out. I'll work people out, help them reach their goals. That'd be awesome. So, um, this is just a question. This is kind of one of the reasons I start. I thought about starting this podcast was. Uh, so this summer when I was coming to the gym, I actually didn't even have a car, so you usually have to Uber. Yeah. To the boxing gym, and some of the people, some of the Uber drivers, I just had to talk to. Um, they, I was asking like you, boxing fan. They said, "Oh, I used to be. I used to watch the old guys, but I don't like it today because of what you talked about earlier, like the politics, the money, the whole like, the yeah. politics and everything." If you had to, for like the old heads recommend a boxer to watch today that they might be like oh okay i'll watch boxing again who do you think they should watch one boxer for the maybe a few just first it comes to mind you know i would recommend for them to watch a lot lot of russian fighters just mainly because they don't talk all that shit they let the hands do the talking probably because they don't speak english but either way (laughs) they come to fight and they, they don't let any outside influences affect their performance you know right it's interesting that they're i don't know why but they're like amateurs until they're like twenty eight. I feel yeah. like. I think I think it's mainly because it's hard to go pro in Russia, and I think they have to like leave their their home countries to come over here. Uh, but 
definitely I would recommend them to watch pretty much any fighter doesn't speak English just because they let their hands do the talking and they don't yeah. let their words get them the opportunities. Yeah, I agree. Like I know he's not Russian, but Lomachenko. That's why that's one of the reasons I love him too. Yeah, Lomachenko is probably pound for pound best on the planet. I agree. Probably. Yeah. I mean I, I would put him I wanna put Canelo in the top one. Definitely I feel like Lomachenko is definitely most entertaining to watch. He is his, his footwork and the way his hands move is just it's inhuman. Yeah, it's unreal. It like it seems easy, and then you try to do it, and it's like, wow, how did he? Yeah, how did, I I've seen videos of him videos of him playing tennis with himself. He'll get like three or four hits. He'll run, <laughs> he'll run around. What? The, he'll run around the court, and he'll fucking hit the ball, run across, hit hit it again, without it bouncing. So it's kind of amazing how, how that kind of athlete can. Yeah, that's can be damn life. I mean, if I become a pro boxing trainer, I might try that drill now. Yeah, bro, <laughs> you gotta have play tennis with yourself. And the fact that I see some of these young guns calling them out, you're going to get out class. Yeah, it's stupid. All right, so last last order of business. I just need to ask you your opinion about a few of the fights that we have at the end of the year. So we just had Shakur Gonzalez, where uh, both of these guys, Shakur Stevenson and Joy Gonzalez, are both up and coming. This basically, this fight, I feel like, was basically the fight that said who's going to be next up in like the welterweights or the lightweights. And Shakur Stevenson dominated him. He did. It was, it was a close to being a shutout. It was almost a shutout, yeah. I think they gave Gonzalez one round, but that was just being generous. And Gonzalez, before this fight, was 23-0. and Like, I was not expecting that. Yeah. I feel like I, I thought he was going to be... I thought Gonzalez was at that level where he was so good that even if he lost... He would make competitive, but... Yeah. Shakur's just on another another level, or either Gonzalez's record was just padded up. It could have been one or the other, but I or think he got or he got in his head. Yeah, I think I think, I think a lot of Shakur's talent him getting in his head, and then Gonzalez couldn't really execute his plan. Yeah, because Shakur did play some mental games, and he got in his head. Gonzalez say he didn't, but he did. He it was Floyd Mayweather esque, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, he definitely got in his head and threw his focus off. And like I said, if you're not focused, you're gonna lose. That's the thing I've noticed with boxing too is like. Those guys who are very loudmouth and very like, just rude and just douchebaggy people, it's only to throw you off. Yeah. Like, and then if it works, it just makes it look even worse. But like, that's really the biggest reason. Because I've seen after those guys lose, like, it, like it, you can just see it. You can just see like after they lose, it's like, oh yeah, I was just really just doing that throw it off. I know it's like all the business. Yeah, like a perfect example. It's not boxing, but Conor McGregor. He said, he's humble in in defeat or yeah. victory. All the trash talking is just business just to promote the fight. And, that, and that's a pretty smart strategy just to promote the fight. Yeah. Just because it's kind of hard to get viewers viewers to the screen. Exactly. But if it works, it works, bro. Exactly. Kind of also, he took a page out of Floyd Mayweather's book. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, fight this weekend is uh, Canelo versus Kovalev, where Canelo Alvarez, who's if he's, he's arguably pound for pound, top five, definitely, I'd say, most famous on the planet right now. Yeah. He's fighting two weight classes up to face an old Kovalev. Um, I think a lot of people expect Canelo to go to the body. I don't know. I feel like people are just disrespecting Kovalev a little bit too much. Cause I don't think people are giving Kovalev enough credit. He's big. He is big. Canelo's maybe like 5'8". That's just being generous. Cause yeah. everybody, everybody lies on the hot top. <laughs> everybody gives an extra inch. And Kovalev's like six, at least 6 feet. Like at least 6 or 6'2". Yeah. He's, he's a big dude. You can see the size difference in the pictures. People aren't giving him his respect. And it's all a matter of fact if Kovalev can put that size to good use. Right. If he can bully Canelo around the ring and eventually stop him, that's the only way he can win because he will not win a decision. Yeah. 
he could shut Canelo out. It could be as close as it can be, but at the end of the day, it's going to go to Canelo. Yeah, I think so, too. Also, it's like the whole franchise. Yeah, champion. the whole franchise champion. That's just bullshit. Yeah. How, how are you going to be a champion after you lose? It sounds pretty... I mean, it's pretty bullshit. But they, none of them lost yet, so we'll see what happens when they do lose. But, yeah, I think if Kovalev can get his speed up, he, he shouldn't lose this fight. And everyone's talking about Kovalev not taking body shots well, but they also need to take into account that Canelo can't take body shots well. Triple G exposed that in the, for, yeah. the fights that they had. They had Triple G winning both, by the way. Also, like, Kovalev... Yeah, everyone talks about Kovalev. Like, the body shots are going to, are gonna like, be his weakness. Like, he almost beat Andre Ward. He, both times? Both times, yeah. Which is, like... Andre Ward, in my opinion, I think is a little bit better than Canelo. Well, hey, we... Whether you like Andre Ward's style or not, he's definitely more talented than Canelo. Canelo works hard for his skills, but yeah. he's not on Andre Ward level. I will give Canelo that the fact that he is being like he's got so much more pressure than Andre Ward that I think just it, being like the face of Mexico. Yeah. Basically. But hey, even the Mexican fans don't really like him. Really? Really. It's kind of divided between Mexican fans. Some people don't like him. A lot of the older heads like like you were saying, they yeah. don't really like Canelo because there's there's a lot of talking. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So a lot of the older guys can't really respect that. I think, yeah. Also, definitely being associated with uh, De La Hoya, at yeah. least right now, isn't the best look yeah, for anybody. Not a good look for anybody, especially all those accusations coming out. Yeah, again. Yeah. Um, all right, and then the last fight is we got, obviously, Andy Ruiz versus Anthony Joshua, which is in December in Saudi Arabia for the heavyweight championship in the rematch where Andy Ruiz, quote-unquote, upset Anthony Joshua, but... Based on my, when I watched the fight, I, I feel like Anthony Joshua is a good, he's a good boxer, but I think that the fame got to his head. It was his first fight in America. It kind of looks like he forgot he had a boxing match a little yeah. bit. But I think, and it's my opinion, I think Ruiz is going to win no matter what. I think Ruiz is going to win. I, I kind of felt that uh, Joshua wasn't giving Ruiz the respect he deserved because for a heavyweight, Ruiz can punch he's got yeah. speed in both hands he's got power in both hands because he was able to knock down joshua with either hand he, that he threw yeah and also the media wasn't giving a his credit because ruiz had a powerful world title before but he right. him up short he only had one loss yeah he only had one loss yeah. and that was to joshua parker so i definitely see ruiz winning again whether he knocks him out i don't, I don't think he'll knock him out i think he'll just drop him and eventually stop him on, on his feet I think so, too. But the whole fight going to Saudi Arabia, that's kind of some shady business, bro. Yeah, that was really shady. Um, <laughs> I, I know in other countries, they're not as strict as they are here with the, their drug testing policies. Exactly. I saw an interview where Ruiz said whatever Joshua was taking didn't work. <laughs> hey, it didn't. I mean, there were so many rumors after the, uh, after the first fight. There was rumors that Joshua got knocked down in sparring. I heard something about, like... It's just kind of trying to make excuses. Yeah. They kind of take the, the, the laws like men, so they have to come up with an excuse to try to, try to point out as a fluke. I think that also the fact that I think the, the casual fans got to them, honestly, because everyone's saying, oh, look at Joshua. It looks like sculpted out of stone. And then you look at, like, Andrew Ruiz looks like a normal person. Yeah. A fat person, hey, the, honestly. The dad bots are coming up. They yeah, honestly are. They, he made it, yeah, he made it popular. But, um, yeah, I, I can't see. I can see Joshua obviously winning on a lucky punch. I, don't, I just don't think he's going to. I don't know. I think that fight, like, we talk about, like, uh, like how it's, like, a mental game, too. I think Joshua got taken out of this fight, like, 
I think Ruiz definitely in his head. And even with all that muscle that Joshua packs, he really doesn't have a hard punch because a lot of the guys he was knocking out were really nobodies. Yeah. The only guy that he... And in, like, 40, 50-year-old yeah. Klitschko. The only, that was the only really big step up in competition was Klitschko, and even then he showed to knock him out. Took yeah. Him, took him a... They knocked him out in the 10th or 11th round. After he got knocked After down, After he got too. knocked down, yeah. He got knocked down by, by, by an older man yeah. who had been retired for a while, so... Definitely not on the same skill set as Andrew Ruiz. Just Andrew Ruiz gets looked over a lot because he's Mexican. Yeah, not well, because he's Mexican or because he looked like. Probably because of. I think it's because of the way he looked. Yeah, probably the the dad bod, but yeah, not not there's not a lot of Mexican heavyweights, so that's, that's probably too, that's probably yeah. why the fact he was kind of overlooked. So that's true. I didn't think about that, but I think it's awesome, especially like, especially today, like with all the stuff going on in politics in America about like. Like oh. Trump saying, build a wall, and then the yeah. Mexican heavyweight champion. We got a first ever Mexican heavyweight champion. Like, can he that's stay? Or, you know, <laughs> can he stay? All right. So, uh, last question: Who would you say your uh, boxing pound for pound number one is? Without a without a doubt, Lomachenko. Lomachenko, huh? Yeah. Better than Lomachenko. Crawford. Yeah. Just be, just that that forework in the hands. If he takes him out, if if they ever come in a fight, that'd be interesting to see. That would be interesting because Crawford is is definitely strong. I like yeah. how he times his punches really well. I remember seeing the Ramirez fight. I had it, I didn't have it even, but I had it pretty close going to that final round, and then he catches him with that quick hook, and yeah, puts him, puts him out. I feel like Crawford always also just I've I feel like he makes adjustments the best. Like if if the if the guy he's facing. Is putting the pressure. Is putting a pressure on, him. A pressure on yeah. him. He'll do something usually, and just throw their whole game plan off. And the, and the unfortunate case with Crawford is him being signed with top rank, not a lot of viable welterweight for him to fight. Yeah, then, and he's top ranks like yeah. golden boy basically. Yeah, so for him to fight the best welterweight, see that to be some type of cross promotion, and not a lot of promoters are really willing to do that. Yeah, well, if Lomachenko, that'd be two weight classes up. To fight yeah, him. they can be in the middle of fight at catchweight, but I I think I would still give the edge to Lomachenko, just based off of the the footwork, and the angles he hits people from. No one does that shit. I don't yeah. Think no, no one comes close. You think? Uh, I don't know. After the last fight, I know he was facing Luke Campbell, who's amazing, also. But yeah. that was the first fight I ever saw where he kind of looked like he maybe might have slowed down or something. It's probably just stage catching up with him, but yeah. even then he was still able to do things a lot of people can't do. Yeah. But. Uh, if people are smart, the way for him to slow down and then try to call him out. And he's a softball. Yeah. yeah. The best strategy to beat Lomachenko is to put pressure on him. Salido exposed that. He fought dirty, but he got the job done. He did fight by, really by, dirty. <laughs> by putting that pressure on him. I mean, he, there's times where he should be disqualified, but just keeping that pressure on a, on a fighter that moves is probably the best strategy for anybody. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, that's all the time we have. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Thank you, Ricky, for coming on the show. Thanks and for having me. See you guys later.